This is the True North Collective podcast, a gathering of unsugarcoated conversations on authenticity, created by the real-life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Welcome to season four of the podcast. Hi, I'm Rachel. I have an invisible scar on my forehead until you actually see it. I get gummy cravings four times a year, and I've biked six out of the last seven days. Hi, I'm Janelle. I ate cake by the ocean last night, made my first fire, and I have a guideline where I try to drink a glass of water first thing each morning. Hi guys, this is Lucas. After 25 years of living in Germany, I moved back to my home country in Poland. I used to have long hair, now I'm bold. And the third thing, I just don't know what to say. That's why I just leave it like that. And we are your hosts of the True North Collective Podcast. Love it. I, I actually sort of love it's like third thing blank. Fuck yeah. Percent. That's like the most realist intro I've ever heard. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I, third okay. one or is it enough? What was that? Uh, at the third one or was that enough? That was perfect. perfect. Yeah. That was great. Cool. We enjoyed it. I um, I used to have long hair, but now I'm bald. Me I too. Like- I wanted to be like yeah. me too. <laughs> I'm the same. <laughs> do you? How often do you shave your head? Um, every. It used to be every two weeks. Now every week. Somehow. Okay. What gauge are you at? Yeah. It's not. It's not like shave. It's like I, yeah. with a clipper, you know. But it's, it's very short. Do you? Is it like? Is like it a it one gauge? Uh, a what? Is it a one gauge? One, what is the one Oh, my shaver has like different levels and like the short, the lower the number, the shorter it is to your head. So I've been doing a two gauge. Yeah, yeah it's a one gauge. A it's one a gauge. one gauge. It's a one gauge. You know, I, my, my, fav, my favorite, I, I had my phases. I had my six, six millimeters on the, on the side, nine on top phase. Now I, then I had my three to six phase. Now I have my two to three phase. Yeah. Dude, (laughs) I I just keep going lower too. I know it's like, it's too long now. Like this morning I woke up and I was like, now I feel it used to be at like four and now I'm like, it's way too long. I used to be scared. I used to be scared about the moment that I stopped shaving it completely with a, with a razor. But now I'm excited, actually. It's the same when, when I used to have long hair. I was so scared to lose my hair because I lost them a, a lot of them. <laughs> but once I cut them, I'm like, that is good. Like yeah. That. And now when I wake up, every day is a good hair day. I love it. So it's amazing. It's, that's totally how I feel. <laughs> hey, one day, maybe I'll get there. I keep saying, I'm like, should I shave it all off? But I don't know. Were you worried about your head being a weird shape? Because that's what I'm worried about. Like, uh, what's under no, here? Not at all. No. <laughs> Just not at all. I um, actually, I, I never worried about the head. I was, you know, I used to be a me- like I used to listen to a lot of metal in the past. Uh, I, I I I had this weird mix. I I used to listen to a lot of funk, hip hop, R and B, and metal. But I was I was a metal head. I was like long hair, you know like shoulder long and stuff and when you when you're in that scene and then you lose your head you're like oh my god oh my god it's like 
uh, there was no way without them. And then I had like like a surfer look, like shorter but still long, by normal normal uh, by normal terms. And uh, yeah, it's it got shorter and shorter, and it was it's, it was a transition. And once I had my hair that I could like those sides that the wind came, and I always had to do this. I'm like, okay, cut that off. <laughs> Just annoying. That's awesome. Now, how many yeah. languages do you speak? Being from Poland, Literally? yeah, living in Germany, and then clearly English. Three. three? Okay, Polish. are those three? Yeah, it's it's funny actually. I I have this weird theory about languages, or because I grew up bilingual. Um, I was born in Poland. When I was two and a half years old, we moved to Germany. My parents couldn't speak one word German. My sister and I neither. So my first language was Polish. Yet when I grew up in Germany, we we were like visited my family five four times per year in Poland. But over the years, it got less and less. And then it was maybe at least once or twice per year. And every time I would come back the years later, my Polish would be much worse than it used to be because I spoke German all the time. So my German, even though Polish is my mother tongue by, uh, by, uh, by nature, because it was the first language I, I spoke, I heard, um, my German became, became way better. My Polish got less. And then I went to school and my English got yeah, very very similar level actually. And then I went to uh, Australia actually for for a year, <laughs> and my English shot through the roof. My German got way worse. Like I remember when I came back to Germany, I couldn't remember words. I couldn't. My I used English grammar in German language. I'm like, what the heck is happening here? And my Polish, lo and behold, it shoot shot through the roof. And I I have this theory that it was like it was like like buried because of this German that I always spoke and also limiting belief, my Polish is worse and stuff. And then I, my English got better. And so when my German got shook, like the Polish was like, okay, like a bamboo stick, it just shot, shot through. And it was just amazing to witness that. And ever since I lived in Poland four years ago, I, my Polish has become so much better. Like uh, I'm very happy to be here right now. <laughs> so yeah, three, three languages fluent. I um I, something similar. I wonder if it is where language in your brain is because when I started to learn German, and I mm. had studied Spanish like a lot in high school and early college, all of a sudden all these Spanish words just like kept popping up. I, I'd be like looking for a word in German, and yes, then the Spanish yes. word would come out of my mouth. And if you ask me, I'm like oh, I don't speak Spanish. But when I try to speak German, all of a sudden I'm speaking wow. Spanish and I'm like, wait, what's, what's happening? So there must be well, something that, there. <laughs> yeah, that, that's also no coincidence because um, I, 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 I used to be a teacher at, at, at high schools as well. I studied actually English as, as a language. I, I used to be an English teacher for some time. And what I learned uh, is as well that German and like the French, the Italian, the Spanish, they all have um, they all have the same root Latin, right? So that's why why it's very easy to speak them. And at the same time, German as well comes from Latin, um, and it's very close. It's close to English language as well, but because there's this Latin root, um, it just pops up those words, and they they just come easily. I've learned that with. German it is I'm like oh this all just sounds kind of the same 
And, I, and when I'm How looking at like, by the way, it's bad, but I'm trying. I don't have anyone to speak it with nah. and it's very remedial. So, okay. I feel like I can listen. Nein, das glaube das glaub ich nicht. Wir können auch Deutsch sprechen, oder? <laughs> See, if you if you talked a little bit slower, I'm like, I could break that down. Oh, really? But oh, I think okay, so. Okay, so you said your German okay. is not very good. And then you said or, right? And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. in my, so my, I mentioned my Oma is from Cologne. Um, so my, mm. my Oma and Opa did. Cologne, I love Cologne. Oh. Yeah, did mm. speak so German, much. but not not very much around us um so yeah, i wish I like i wish they were still alive because that would be really fun to try you know you know what's funny probably she didn't only she not only spoke german she also spoke kölsch you know what kölsch is probably because a lot of the words that she would speak like i cannot find today <laughs> it is it because kölsch is the, the literally the dialect just from cologne they are so like like the OGs from, from Cologne, they speak Kölsch. And Kölsch is very, very specific, very funny, very, it's amazing actually. And um, it's also, you can also drink the language because Kölsch is also the beer in Cologne, so. That, okay, you're actually connecting dots for me right now because huh. my, my Oma and Opa have a very interesting story, but they were in Germany in World War II. And yeah. when, the whole city got bombed and so they had to leave mm -hmm. and yeah. they had a lot of really dark sad things happen to them but one of the things mm -hmm. that my oma yeah. had talked about is when the soldiers would come and they were not um always mm -hmm. nice depending on where they were from and the things yeah. that they were doing um they would try to pretend that they were american because they typically did not mess with americans And she said she would speak mm. German slang, which might actually be that, um, Kolsch. And yep. would, yep. because that. people didn't know the difference between English or a different language, they would just say they were Americans. And then she would be like, I'm speaking English, but she would just like make up this different dialect, oh, wow. which might have been that. And they just wow. believe her because okay. they really had like, yeah, no other <laughs> way to fact check. And so I'm wondering if that's what they spoke as oh. and said it was English because people didn't know it's very, they didn't understand it's very the language. likely because it courage is very different from like it's very different. You can't you can't understand it. Like if you didn't grow grow, grow up there and somebody uh, speaks courage, people are like, what the heck is what is the person talking about? I, I understand man a lot of it because I grew up next to it, like 10 kilometers away from Cologne. And um Plus, we also had we always there's this carnival, not like Brazil, but carnival in Cologne is like five days a week. People just getting just big parades. Everybody's drinking a lot, <laughs> and so a lot of party in the cities. And so you on, and then you have this, the songs. They are all in Kölsch. They are all in Kölsch. So you, you always had this the 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 old songs from from Cologne. Always since you were since I was a child, I have them in my head. So yeah. That's funny. I wonder how much overlap there there is there. Because yeah, again, I, I I will look up. I'll try like Google sometimes like phrases, and I'm like, I, I can yeah. send you some songs from from. Do it, please do. I would love that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and introduce you because I like I could talk about yeah. Germany all day long with you, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, right. 
Rachel and I created the True North Collective back when we were in Milwaukee around the idea that we just wanted other people to come play with us as we had these in-depth conversations on authenticity and what it was like to take care of our bodies and how unique each one of us was and what the fuck we're all doing here. Like we really didn't know. We were searching for purpose. We were searching for meaning. We knew there had to be a different way to live and approach life. And we wanted other people to come play and hear their perspectives. From there, the True North Collective was created. Now we're just calling you all in. We have the podcast, but there's plenty of other ways that you can play with us from our monthly workshops, which are on the first Thursday of every month, focusing on a different facet of authenticity, to The Collective, which is our free community event where we just chat and we're fellow travelers with you on the third Thursday of each month. We're also starting to do unpacked episodes where we just invite anyone who wants to come play basically to come on the podcast and discuss a specific topic with us. We want y'all there. So send us a DM on Instagram at the Truth of Collective underscore if you are willing and interested to come play. All right, let's jump back in. So super excited to welcome Lucas to the podcast. I um, was originally just searching on Instagram and I think there was a comment that you had left on, I don't know, one of our fan favorites, if it was Mark Groves or the angry therapist, um, but it was really thought provoking. And then I ended up looking at your profile, seeing that you were talking about your authentic self and how to help people get there. And I'm like, okay, you, you're going to come on the podcast. Um, and then you were gracious enough to say <laughs> that you were willing to play with us. Um, but Lucas is a writer, a speaker, a coach, and he helps to um, people to embrace who they are and to bring them into their own power to be able to create the life that they want to live, which is very in line with finding your true north. So we're excited to chat with you today and welcome to the podcast. Welcome, Lucas. Thanks for having me. So our first question that we ask, we warned you about this one, <laughs> is what does it look like to be Lucas today? Oh, that question. Yeah, it's like I already have five different answers to that. Um, Just let them physically, all physically, uh, I'm in quarantine right now. <laughs> so it's like that is one thing. Uh, but But I told myself when I go into quarantine, uh, I will make the most of it, and it's been a it's been a blast for me. I love it because it's ten days here in Poland, and I said, "Man, you wanted to do a vipassana retreat? <gasps> That's like a vipassana retreat. Let's go! Let's go!" And so I was like, "Okay, let's go." I was doing a lot of meditation, journaling, um, deep work, a lot of deep work. So I'm in a good place actually right now. A lot of deep stuff like dark stuff came up as well <laughs> as it does when you do this work but it's it's beautiful as it's then released so how is it like for me it's great i um i feel great physically mentally spiritually right now it's good to be lucas right now that's awesome yeah when we first went into quarantine back in april i'm sure there's a, a quote somewhere but I was like, well, all the demons are about to come out of my closet because when you spend <laughs> that much time alone by yourself and same thing, I had started therapy. I was, you know, doing yoga, I was meditating and it's really amazing what uh, can, can yes, come out yes. in the quietness of your mind. Yeah, once you, once the, once, because during, since last, the first lockdown last year, we, uh, the ways we usually cope 
with our emotions and sensations in the body, which is many times just running away or projecting it onto the world, on people, away from us. Uh, they were taking away. All of a sudden, you sit with all your shit, <laughs> literally. <laughs> and you're like, man, I didn't sign up for that, but somehow I need to plow through and somehow you try. And uh, I think that's been the, the greatest challenge for um, for all of us in the in the whole world because it was like uh, somebody posted on Instagram. I loved it so much. It was like somebody put you in, into it. Somebody put you into a dark, a dark corner or into a hole without preparing you for shadow work and deep work and said, okay, now you figure it out. And people were like, oh no. <laughs> and that was that. That was that. It was... Um, be sitting with all your things not being able to have the community you usually have have hopefully um which is essential for us as human beings because we are social creatures we we need our tribe not only to uh to feel well it also human beings in relationships we co-regulate our emotions as well so you you know the feeling as soon as you know see somebody that you that you trust or just human beings you relax and that's just in our, our biology so when we especially those lockdowns isolations there was a lot of loneliness for in humanity in general um and that makes it just harder because not only are you stuck with all your things that you many are not or were not trained taught since the young young age to how to deal with that um you are then also many times alone, which is the ultimate um, pain for many of us. Yeah, I can relate to that. I actually um, ended up breaking up with a. In, I was in a seven-year relationship, and we broke up. And I, I moved. Mm. Yeah, and I moved. It was um, as like amicable as it could be, <clears throat> and ended up moving back in with my parents. And I swear, the last three and a half months it's been since we broke up. Um, and I've just been in this, you know, in this house with my parents, not going out and seeing people or anything, but the amount of work I've been able to do in that short period of time, if, if the world wasn't, um, going through the experience that it was, I probably would have already like been dating another person or like distracting myself. Like I already feel myself, on the daily getting pulled, but I can actually feel it and be like, oh, mm. you're needing whatever right now. And so I, I'm, mm. I'm very, I yeah. am very grateful um, as, as painful as the experience can be. I feel like it's True. been way more than three months. Um, I or I feel like I've mm. done a lot more in that three months than I would have probably otherwise done. And I am grateful for that. Amazing. Pat yourself on the back for that. Not everybody would do that. I agree. Awesome. <laughs> Sure. Rachel is has your poop question come and gone because oh no I still have it if you want it that's like a very, actually this is the perfect me talking about serious shit and then talking about poop is literally perfect. me okay so <laughs> full transparency I am like the leftover eater in my family so like if whenever there's leftovers, I, it's me, I eat it. And so my parents just went jeeping. They went to Moab, Utah to, they do have a big Armageddon vehicle anyways. Um, so I was like 
trying to eat all the leftover food. And when I went and took my morning shit, I, it was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? But I was thinking to myself, cause I just changed my little niece's diaper the other day and I was gagging. Like it was so bad. I could, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep changing her. It, the poop was so bad. But then when I went to the bathroom and it didn't smell good, I was like, I think this is the same smell as hers, but because it's mine, I can handle it. But when it was hers, I couldn't. So the question is, does only other people's smelly poops make you gag, but your own, you can handle it for some reason? That's the question that came up for me. Deep. <laughs> What's your answer? That, that That's some deep shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> But I think so. I think so. You know, if you couldn't handle your own, I think people would suffocate lo totally. long, long before. Bi biology has taken care of that, I think, you know, so otherwise we would not procreate. It was just impossible. <laughs> it's so weird. I just kept thinking to myself, <laughs> this has like, like, as if you're smelling like a glass of wine, I was like, this has tonal qualities that are really similar to Cebu's poop the other day but I can handle it right now but when I was smelling and changing her diaper I was literally like I, I I'm gonna throw up all over her so I, I don't know if this is true because I had like zero experience with children but I think baby poop is supposed to smell like 10 times worse than regular poop but I also don't like hang out with adults pooping very often either you know so <laughs> okay I'm same, gonna tell same. you something else secretly uh -oh. <laughs> I love it when I have to go poop and people I want people to talk to me like just sit and have a conversation with me that is a thing like is it? There, yes okay I used to when I was like really into the bachelor still there were a lot of bachelor podcasts and Vanessa I don't remember her last name but from the bachelor used to talk about how she would go take a shit but she wanted her partner there and yes. so she'd leave the door cracked open oh and she'd God, be like, hold my hand, hold my hand and talk to me. Oh my gosh, I feel so, so less weird. This is not why we, my ex-boyfriend and I broke up, but we used to always get, he would go take a shower in the morning and then I'd be like, I have to go to the bathroom. And he'd be like, come on. And I'd be like, come on, it's the morning. <laughs> Catch up, see how weird it is. He's like, can you just give me a little bit of privacy? Anyways, so yeah. If no one wanted to date me before, I, I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> so that was cool. my poop, my poop inquiry for uh, the day. Perfect. I'm glad awesome, we got that. Awesome. <laughs> uh, okay, I have one more question, and then I do want to talk about the topic at hand. But Lucas, what do you do on a cruise ship? Oh my God, cruise ship! Yeah, cruise ship life. Have you ever been on cruise ships? I love cruise ships. Oh, me too. Oh, I miss it so much. You know, cruise ships, it's a, it's not, it's not work. It's a lifestyle. <clears throat> it's a way of being. If you work on a cruise ship, anybody who's listening and you, you work on cruise ships, hello, my, from, from afar, um, it's people who work on cruise ships. It's like, like a, like a secret big family. You go on cruise ships for a couple of months. Some go for two, three, four months some for six, eight, or even 10 months. <clears throat> and, um, and then you basically, you live there, literally. You, you work and you live there. It's your home for, for a longer period of time. And those people from all around the world, <clears throat> there are people from 40 different countries. 
literally any country you can imagine is there. And we are just one big loving family. And uh, yeah, we, we work. We like to party hard as well. So work hard, play hard. That's definitely the case there. And uh, it's a very intense lifestyle. <clears throat> if, if you have you ever been uh, abroad studying or something? Yeah, I did yeah. it in college. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I always like to say it's like, like studying abroad, but with working. So <laughs> that's it. Actually, you can you can say, you can describe that. And people on the cruise ships have all kinds of jobs. I used to be a tour guide, one of the best jobs in the world. Amazing. You you wake up. You 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 fell, fell asleep in Barcelona. Next day you're on Ibiza, and you go out with your tour. You go on the bus. Hey guys, this is Lucas. This is our tour guide Alejandro. If you have questions about the tour, you can ask Alejandro. Otherwise, questions about the ship, you can ask me. Let's enjoy the tour. And then you go. You explore the world, and and you get paid for that. I'm like, oh my! I had to pinch myself so many times. Is do is this work? Is this true? Like ultimate ultimate dream of mine fulfilled to travel the world to see so much and to even get paid for that oh my god it was just amazing and then after that i i transitioned to being a training manager uh, i'm a trainer i'm a coach on ships and you can imagine that per ship you have like crew members between 700 to 1500 crew members and some companies offer um training on the ships regularly for the for the people the company I work with, they need, they have such trainers, and then we are like three to four months, two, three, four months on a ship, and I do trainings on all different kinds of topics: leadership, communication skills. Um, I started a meditation mindfulness program, so how to beat stress, worry less. So I wanted to bring that because if you work and live on the ship, uh, and it's like school sometimes. Did you did you hear last did you hear yesterday what happened? So it's a lot of stress. A lot of stress uh, can be can be a very positive experience, but also very emotionally challenging, which it is sometimes. Away from family, working sometimes six, eight hours, sometimes 10, 12, 14 hours per day can happen, uh, depending on the on the cruise and what's happening on the ship. So uh, to train people how to relax, how to stay calm, how to take care of their, themselves. So a lot of self-care as well. Um, sales training. Team, teamwork, uh, guest service, so much, public speaking, a lot of things. So a lot of different topics I did in the past. And I love that because I combine traveling, training, coaching people, speaking on stages. It's all there. And when I'm there, it's just, it's, it, it's a full circle. And I, I love that. Now I've been, uh, I've been waiting for many months to get back on the ship because of the lockdowns. So it was very, very challenging for all of us in the industry. And uh, but we all we all miss those days so much we had on the ships, and we all look forward to the days we still have on the ships coming for moving forward. That's really cool. I'd always wanted to work yeah. on a cruise ship for a long time. I don't I don't know if it'll ever happen in this lifetime. I mean, it could. Who knows? But I it can. They will come back. Don't worry. Yeah, I thought it would be fun um, and an interesting experience. Like, you would like, love that. I know. Well, I, and I, 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 I'm a, well, I was a trainer in learning and development. So similar to what you're doing, oh, I've actually, I did that yeah. for a, a technology company Maybe. out in California. Yeah. Huh. 
Did you always, um, did the trainings always include the personal development piece or is that a newer um, part of it? You mean uh, on the ships? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, they, they always said they, ever since I, I'm at the company two years, almost, almost two years now. Um, but they've been doing it for six, seven years on the ships. And it was always the leadership, the communication skills. They have their own framework, but we also have the freedom to create our own trainings on demand. And it's, it's a very beautiful job because um, when you're on the ship, everybody has their own department. The shore excursion department is in their team. It becomes your, your, like, like your class in, at school. Like imagine the whole ship at like a school as well like when parties happen which is almost daily <laughs> because it's like it's the, the life there some somewhere there's always a party happening um it's like like school life and your class is your team and um i as a training manager i am i'm in a very fortunate position to be like like a free bird i just jump from class to class to class and my job is to be very close <clears throat> to the crew to the whole teams to the to the managers so i i i'm at the pulse of the moment what do they need what is happening um you also become a little bit like not like a psychologist but like 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 the listener right because you are the the the, the neutral guy uh or gal what uh, whoever is there of us training managers and um people come and yeah it's it's beautiful. It's a very intimate, close relationship we have with with, with people on board, and I love it. It's cool. I I find it so interesting to think about the ecosystems of of, of organizations, or even just like on a ship that's like a world in and of itself. And oh, you can't and, imagine. Yeah, and like to see. I don't know. Sometimes when I look out at how things have you know, unfolded, particularly in the US, you know, there's a lot of uh, ideas and how they've actually been executed, um, you know, are missing the mark um, from from a human standpoint. And, and when, when you think about like, where do you start to try to like, shift some of these things, it can, I can feel really overwhelmed and unsure. But I love the idea of this small ecosystem like you can kind of try things and, and being able to tap into models that exist in the world that are working on a smaller scales. Um, I don't know, that's just what connected for me was like, um, there are places where models, um, you know, may be working or have the space to shift and evolve. And how can we allow ourselves to learn from these spaces that do exist, um, that allow for more nimbleness? Um, and how can we start to, um, you know, expand that into these larger arenas where it almost seems like the ship is too impossible to re you know readjust um and that's just a, a limiting belief but anyways that's like what mm -hmm. came up when you were talking mm -hmm. is like yeah. okay there are pockets where this is like where we're coming up with new ways and we're shifting gears and we're pivoting this is not an impossible thing um so well a little bit of hope there always never lose hope always hang on to that very important i think it's actually, actually I Okay, I, start, I started reading a, a book that I that I wanted to read for over 10 years, I think now. Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning. Do you know the book? Oh yeah. So good. Yeah. I just started. It's 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 basically about hope, you can say. It's uh 
for any anyone listening who doesn't know Viktor Frankl, he used to be a psychologist who who created his own uh, his own uh, his own uh, how do you say in English? Yeah, his own line of psychotherapy, which was um, as far as I understand right now, I'm I'm diving into, but it's like a healing through finding meaning as well. And he 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 observed in when he he got into Auschwitz concentration camp, which um, coincidentally I I live in Krakow. I am in Krakow right now. Auschwitz is like uh, 30 minutes away from here, so very close as we talk right now. Um, and yeah, it's um, he he went he went there and he he survived it all and he observed in the people those who would survive are those who had a reason to to they looked up beyond all that they were seeing maybe it was because they wanted to, the the husband wanted to see his wife maybe the maybe maybe the wife maybe the woman wanted to to have children with her, with her husband or with her boyfriend and. Or maybe the, for Viktor Frankl, his hope was he wanted to he wanted to um, to describe what happened and to um, to pass it on to the world. And then also uh, he became this because of his hope and that he found in meaning. He um, he passed on a uh, a beautiful book on uh, on tragedy on on hardship but also about hope how to find it through meaning actually and uh yeah it's very powerful i think especially nowadays in those times um it's i i think everybody every one of us has had had slash has uh, it's time still a very hard time depending on the lockdown situation and stuff but um if you then read about what people went through in concentration camps and stuff. You were like, okay, maybe I can't see my family now, but it's tough, but there were tougher things. And then you 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 hear from him like how he described it, and you you gain perspective. And perspective is so important for all of us to um, to step out of where we are, to have a broader perspective. And then as we change our perspective, the things we look at change. There's this beautiful change uh, saying by, I think it was Dr. Wayne Dyer who said that uh, when you change the things you look at, the things you look at change. And that's the power of perspective. Yeah. Have you heard of um, Dr. Edith Egger? Yeah, I found out about her a couple months ago. I love her. She's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, after Victor... Frankel, um, I was introduced to her through a podcast of, um, Mm -hmm. that I was listening to and her way of speaking to, and I'm just starting to dig into her, her stuff, Mm -hmm. but her way of speaking to how you can have compassion for another person who's seemingly like so aggressive and so against like her approach of being able to like be with people and see them as humans is super profound so yeah i highly recommend that too to anyone who's going down the path of um victor frankel and in that space actually now that you said dr edith eager um she i also found out about her a couple months ago it seems to me she's blowing up right now as she talked to oprah and stuff which i love because she is a 
the beautiful voice on hope, on finding strength um, through going really, really hardships, uh, what, what she survived over the, the whole uh, Holocaust and stuff. Um, I lost my point. Let me trace back. Uh, Dr. Dr. Edith, I, uh, I want to say, because you said, you mentioned compassion. <clears throat> One thing that I found very um, transformative for myself, it was a couple of years ago, I think four years ago. Yeah, when I moved to Krakow, I had a very challenging time at the time. Um, and I felt very lonely at, at being in this dark space. I was like, you know, the, the darker your space, the more separate you feel sometimes from others because you're like, nobody understands. At least that that was how I felt. Um, so you feel then even more separate and even more in this trance of dark, of uh, murkiness, this where you don't want to, it, when it's very uncomfortable to be in. And I learned about one practice that transformed a lot. And that is that whatever you feel right now, somebody else in the world is feeling as well. So if you experience sadness right now, um, there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people who in this very same moment experience sadness. Now, in this lockdown situation, you may not be physically connected, but on a deeper level, um, this sounds woo and stuff, but, but we are still connected because everything is energy. And, um, and when you just imagine all those millions of people in sadness right now, close your eyes, you can take some deep breaths, put your hand on your heart and then just breathe into it. And as you, as you imagine them, their sadness, you can literally imagine breathing in their sadness. And as you breathe out, you, you breathe out compassion or peace or joy, whatever quality you would like to send out to them. The more you do that, the more you lift this weight of um, this trance that you're in, be it sadness, be it grief, apathy, anger, whatever it is. There are millions of people who feel that right now. And by imagining being, uh, imagining those people, you don't feel alone anymore. Somehow it's, it's the weight is being lifted. And if you also do this breathing exercise, um, breathing in, the sadness or the anger, just breathing out the, um, the joy, the radiance, the love, the connection, the ease, the delight, the peace, the joy, you, um, you not only send it to them, like in a, in a, in a, in your, in your, in your, as you, as you imagine that, but you send it to yourself as well, because you are in this space, you are connected in this experience of this emotion. And it's a very, very deeply healing practice. And I think it's very, very helpful if you find yourself very isolated right now and you feel like you have no one to talk to, um, I highly recommend doing that. And beyond that, pick up the phone and call somebody because you need someone to talk to, very important as well. I feel so much calmer, just, <laughs> just from not even fully doing it, but listening to you <laughs> do Love it. That. Um, yeah, I, I was even gonna add from, our conversation before and I love that you also just provided a, a tool that people can do 
Um, but thinking about like resilience and connecting to people that maybe aren't physically in your space, whether it be yeah. the stories of other people that you're reading in a book or people you know in your life or even your lineage. I know Rachel's been playing with this. I've been kind of diving into my lineage um, for a while now and like tapping into different aspects of those people that we all have in ourselves. Like we notice them because we have them in ourselves. Um, and your your story that you were just sharing, my my opa, we'll just like we're really going into my my lineage today with this connection. But he was um, a prisoner of war in World War II in Russia, wow. and he was in a camp. And basically, a grown man mm. weighed eighty pounds and was almost dead. Um, wow. When a, a nurse came in and she's like, "What are you doing? Like you're killing these men," and basically nursed him back to life. Um, and you know, he didn't really share a lot of details because as you can imagine, mm -hmm. I'm sure it's like a very painful, painful experience and thought. Um, but when you're speaking to the piece of like hope and what does, like how does someone get through that? Because really he, I mean, he said like, he's basically dead. Like he doesn't remember most of that time anyway because he was so malnourished and um, mm -hmm. ready to go. But he had married my Oma and that was his connection piece of, like, I want to get out of here so I can see her again. And so I can build this family wow. that we talked about building. Um, so when you were sharing that before, I'm like that, that hits at such a, a personal level of um, that story. And then also in moments of feeling like, you know, what am I doing? Or life is hard. It's like mm -hmm. one, not that we're in a, I don't know whose life is harder, but really, let's be honest, like I've never faced that kind of adversity in my life, you know? Yeah, um, and yeah, so to be able yeah. to like tap into those stories of our family and or other people, again, if it's not necessarily in your own lineage um, and realize that you do have that strength and that resilience in you um, mm -hmm. and that there is that that piece of hope too. there's something to live for. It's really beautiful. So thank you. What I, what I, what I hear there is um, what you often call expanders. It's like being able to see the modeling from somebody. It like creates a possible alternative that maybe you didn't think could exist before. And then all of a sudden you hear a story of somebody who could overcome that. And whether you do it in the same way or not is kind of not the point. It's more so that the con the, the, the construct or the constraints that you have in terms of what's possible all of a sudden just gets like cracked open a little bit. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, what would it look like if I allowed the essence of that to exist in this moment? Um, yeah, it, fr it seems like it frees it up. So that's cool. Really. Yeah, it's, uh, it, would, it would be a topic change now because it reminds me, it reminds me of a very powerful thing. But if you want to add something to this topic, just jump in. Sure. I, I was just going to say I, it is like it is expensive. And it's to know that if someone got through something like that, right, against something I can't even imagine, then it puts your own problems and to perspective in some ways it's like if i can get through this too like there is strength in humanity and how resilient we are the good for it lucas change the topic mm, amazing wow you all have heard me talk about it time and time again my obsession with whoop the wearable that tracks human performance i have been using this since my spire fitness days where i used to teach 20 fitness classes a week i was doing crossfit i was training for ragnar races Basically, I was hella burned out and really couldn't figure out how to give myself permission to do less. 
whether you're trying to track your performance and make sure you're recovering properly for a race or you just want day-to-day -day statistics around how well you're sleeping or how you can optimize your body and learn a little bit more about it and get curious, Whoop is an absolutely amazing tool. If you're a data person, you're gonna get all the data, all the charts, all the graphs, but it's actually really simple and easy to consume and understand. If you're interested in getting your Whoop stop for free along with your first month for free, we will include a link in the show notes for you to do so. Happy Whooping. Uh, part of me doesn't want to change the topic because it's just so beautiful to share this intimate stories right now. Uh, thanks for sharing. It was very, very profound and well, amazing. Um, but I, I would just jump to the, because I saw this bridge that you, you spoke about different parts of you, right? That you see in somebody. There's a, there's, there was a big aha for me as well on my journey. And that was, um, first of all, realizing that I project, wow, <laughs> I, I have something going on inside me and I project onto other people. That was powerful. So uh, for anyone listening who doesn't know what projection is, projection is basically whenever you feel emotion inside of you, anger and stuff, that's the lens you look at the world. And then you say, oh, this person made me angry. So you point the fingers outside. And, but anytime you point the finger, three fingers point back. So uh, what it really does is when you say somebody, huh, this person made me angry, it just says there's anger inside me. And this person may have triggered that, but the anger was already inside there. You just spilled it over into the situation. And situations in our life come up. So they, Carl Jung said it actually beautifully, that there's some part of us that intrinsically guides us to wholeness. And it will also guide us into sometimes the most painful situations in life to bring it forth so we can look at it and integrate and heal it. And this is in, these are the small parts being irritated, being angry to the very deep traumatic parts, right? Things that just happen again and again. Um, like, I, I don't know anything, I don't know everything about it because uh, the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know anything. Uh, it's just, but it's about, um, I learned on my path, the more things come up, it's just life pointing me, Lucas, nudging, hey, Lucas, look at it finally. When will you finally look at it and just embrace it and take the lesson, make it part of you and move on and let go, right? So you're empowered with the tools that life gives you. And so this one part, the projection, whatever you see outside is not, is not necessarily saying something about the situation, but more something about you. Wherever you go, there you are. Many people, many of us try to change when we feel bad. We are like, oh, I want to change scenery and stuff. Sure, it's, it's beautiful and helpful to get away. Sometimes do a trip and stuff. I truly believe in that. And it was very beneficial on my journey as well to travel, to get a new perspective and stuff. It was very healing for me as well. But uh, I can't uh, negate that sometimes I've been traveling as well to get away from something. And there I was at the other side of the world and realizing, shit, something happened and I had to face it. <laughs> and it was beautiful because when I faced it, there's a beautiful saying that whatever, um, whatever you resist persists, but whatever you look at disappears. And that is that actually projections, 
things that trigger things that trigger you are gateways to your awakening. They are here to wake you up and they are very, very powerful. And they are here to bring you into your power. First, you feel powerless because there you feel emotionally charged, but it's just because something that you suppress, repress long, long ago that was buried into, you try to push it down like water balloon, like water balls in water and something happens and, and it pops up and you try to shove it down, but then it's up, right? It's revealed. Time to look at it or push it down, but just as much energy as it costs to push down the ball into the water, the same energy it costs to keep the, the emotion down that you don't want to be the side of you that you don't want to share with others. And um, so whenever you feel triggered, you embrace that. Whenever you see something in somebody that you don't like, embrace that. It's not necessarily a side in somebody that you don't like. It's a reflection of the part of you that you don't like about yourself. You can see it in people who are very always hardworking, go, go, go. They say, oh, I, lazy people. They're very judgmental. What they say in this moment, yes, sure, a person might, might sit around to do nothing, but that's their business. The judgment that they throw, oh, lazy people, so-and-so, they make a story, is their own judgment they project outward, which is, which is the judgment they have about their, the part in themselves that sometimes is lazy. And we all have that part. We have all parts in us. We have the joyful part, the lazy part. Uh, the, the joyful part, the sad part, the, the, the working part, the hardworking, the, the achieving, the go, go, go part, the lazy part. We have the, we have the, the angry part. We have the, the peaceful part. We have all those parts inside us. And all those parts seek harmony inside. And whenever you feel triggered, something comes up because it wants to be witnessed. It's like a, like a child. The, the more you stop, the more you don't look at it, the more that emotion, that part of you will cry through body sensations, through pain, sometimes through an event or even sickness or illness, so that you finally stop and look at it. It's like a crying child that says, Ma mommy, daddy, finally look at me. And what it wants is your unconditional presence, unconditional understanding, acceptance, and compassion. No matter what happens, just be there for it. Let it cry. Hold it, embrace it, hold it in your arms like a mother, like a father would. And over time, it will, it will relax, just like a child does in the arms of their parent. And um, that is one part. So we have all those different parts in us. And the world is a beautiful, the world is always your mirror. It always reflects your energy. What you see is what, what you see in the world is a reflection of, what you have inside yourself actually a lot to look at to grow in self-awareness to become more aware but the other part um which which we talked about before right those those people that give us inspiration hope the other side is also true that not only do people reflect the parts of you that you suppress and judge they are okay I put it differently. Not only do, uh, do, do people reflect to you the parts that you call bad, they reflect to you also the parts of you to you that are good. Now, we, can, we all know this, this moment when we look at somebody and we're like, God, I wish I would be so confident. God, I wish I would be 
could be on stage, singing like that, dancing like that, fully self-expressed. Oh, so it would be so great. And how amazing would it be to travel the world, like create, like live this courage and just be free and, and wow. And the, the success that the, this person attained, amazing. Like I, the ambition, it takes a lot. Respect for that. I love that. I also would like to, I have my goals. I would like to reach them as well. Guess what? They reflect the part of you back that you also have. The, the, the joy, the, the fun loving, the playful part, the confident part, the courageous part, the peaceful part. If you look at Dalai Lama, you're like, oh, I wish I would be so peaceful. This Dalai Lama reflects the part back to you that, that you also have inside you. Whenever you feel emotionally charged by somebody, it's a reflection back to you about the part that you judge as bad or good, but either way you suppress it and the world invites you to bring it forth, look at it and step into that so that you can fully express it, it uh, express it and embody it, which then you, you are able to live out what is called this authentic self. The authentic self is, <clears throat> is whatever, is the to is the, that's the way I look at it. It's the, the totality of all your parts that one seeks expression in the world. And when it comes up, it wants to be expressed in whatever way, in whatever way it asks to be expressed, in whatever intensity, in whatever length it, it asks to be expressed, not to grasp onto it too long, not to push it longer, just to get something from the world. No, whatever comes up, it's okay. it's the right thing to be there, and it's there. We are we are allowed to live out all the parts of us. As you were talking, I that's what, uh, my question was going to be. I think you're describing what actual authenticity is um, versus a mm. lot of times, and we found in the last four years of doing um, having these conversations and creating this space, a lot of times people will say like, "Okay, well, what are the tips to be authentic?" And it's like it's literally letting yourself be exactly where you are with what is here and being honest enough with yourself yes. to be with yes. all of it. Um, it's not the euphoric, you know, high, you know, or the enlightened version of yourself. It's all of it that's showing up through you right now in connection to right. the moment and what's around you. Um, and I, I just also want to say that I've heard the projection, um, I concept spoken before you just the way you said it maybe I'm just in a place where I needed to hear it like that number number of time <laughs> but like I, I was like that was so clear I just thank you for I'm so glad this is recorded because I am for sure going to go back and listen to that it was a grounding way of inviting myself into the parts of myself that I, I, because we all do, we all stuff stuff down that we're like, not yet, not yet. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. Um, and I'll, I'll, I have done that for sure. Um, and I'm in the process of opening up that treasure chest and bringing to light a lot of these things. And the way that you described it today was, um, so beautiful. So thank you so much for your words wow. and your Thanks heart. for sharing. Thank mm -hmm. you. Yeah. yeah, you have very strong visuals, which I, as a visual learner, to like, I can see it, it like almost through, I'm not experiencing it, but I know I have experienced it and your visuals mm. help to yeah. connect the dots. So oh. 
I, what I loved about, well, when Janelle told me what this conversation was going to be on, like that trying to live an authentic life can almost become in and of itself, this curated false self. I was just like, this is amazing. Um, And I think you've kind of started to hint at that a little bit with this of like, we kind of came in through the back door, which I love instead of just coming right out. Um, Cause I think conceptually you can say like, yeah, totally. But we kind of just like guided people there. Um, what mm-hmm. about that topic is so important to you? Why, why now um, do you feel like it's meant to be said and talked about? Authenticity, like living true to your, to your, what, yeah. what, what is important to you? Yeah. Well, it's been my it's been my life that I suppressed mo- so many parts of me, and I, I so many people live out their their full expressions, and I was so frustrated. I was I used to be the guy who felt like sitting on the sidelines of life while everybody is having their blast on the playing field, and I'm like, life asked me, when are you going to play? And I'm like, no, not yet, not yet. But once I started, I didn't want to come back. I didn't want to go back. Because guess what? Yeah, living out what is true to you is not always comfortable. And that's a misconception. People are like, oh, once I live close to my heart, things are going to be easier. Not necessarily, but you will experience, but you will feel much more peace with yourself. And peace, in my opinion, or the way I experience peace in my body is much more profound than happiness because happiness is, is fleeting. Peace is a quality that is there for all of us, ready to be accessed in this moment. Um, When there's no resistance to what is, but also no resistance to any part of you. And the more you let go of resistances towards parts of you, what you did in the past, the more at ease you feel with yourself. It is is basically my story and uh, what I learned and which I, I used to be a teacher. I used to be a teacher at high schools in Germany, and I became a teacher to, in order to empower people to live a life that is true to them. Little did I know, as much as I believe in the school system, I am a teacher at heart. I love teaching. Um, back then, I had the limited view that I had to study teaching to become a teacher. <laughs> um, that it was during my studies, and then in during my year abroad in Australia that that strengthened the sense that something is inherently wrong in the education system. And that was, that are many things, but basically the education system in itself doesn't prepare you to live an authentic, happy life. Uh, It prepares you to be just another citizen into the, well put into the machine. And and the, the current education system was built around the industrial revolution, which is why it, it functions as it functions as it functions, memorizing, memorizing, because it was for the for the workers, building, building, building. But we are more than that, and um, the education system that I envision teaches people as much as as important as mathematics is, and so on. I believe in that, but it also should people teach people how to um, how to create healthy relationships, how to be with themselves in a, in a healthy relationship with themselves, how to regulate emotions, how to heal. So important, I think. Um, and many other things like teaching about the body, like living well in your body, 
living well in your mind, living well in your in your in your in your soul, in your in your heart, in your psyche. These are very they, these are more important things, in my opinion, than learning a chemist like some chemist some chemistry part. If you are not going to be a chemist, right? So um, that's that. That was also part of my journey to step away from the education system and start building workshops for, for young people to um, to be more self-aware, to be more to in order to become more self-actualized. And um, ultimately, I want to return to the education system, but changing that. I'm right now outside the education system. As I said, I'm in the cruise cruise ship industry right now, which I love um, the whole lifestyle. Um, but the vision that I have is bring all the tools of healthy and authentic living back to the education system. How it's going to evolve, I don't know. That is also part of the process for me, releasing control. I don't have to know everything. I need to learn to surrender more to life. I need to surrender more to what is here right now and be guided by that because life doesn't happen against us. It always happens for us. It just doesn't always happen in the way we, we think it would happen, but it is always in the support of us. And whatever is asked from me to speak, to do right now, is the authentic expression of what I am called to do in this moment. And it's about, yeah, it's like um, it, if you would imagine to go into a, a forest where there's a lot of, uh, uh, how, how, what is the English word? Mist, like like uh, fog, right? And you can only look maybe 50, 100 meters away with your with your with your torch, with your light. That's basically life. We need to trust that the, the path will clear with every step we take, and there will be bounces and stuff. There will be pain. There will be hardship. But there will be pain and hardship whether you take the safe route or the authentic route carving your own path and there are many people who went already the way you want to go seek out those people stay close to them because they reflect the part back to you that you want to ex express more and as we said in the end at the beginning of the podcast that we are social creatures we need our tribe and that also includes sometimes you need to, to leave your tribe at least temporarily to be surrounded by other people so they nurture your mindset your heart set your everything that you are in a safe space to bring forth what you want or are called to bring forth because our unconscious mind it's always there it's always working and when you move back to the old circles it gets activated very easily and that's why you tend to fall back into old patterns as well when you're with your parents for instance because they were the root of your programming <laughs> and um yeah, why, why is authenticity important to me right now? Because I think most of us have lived enough a life that was not true to us and it's about living closer to us. It's an ideal to always live, always live 100% close to us, but that's also a trap to always have this ideal because then you are stopping your authentic self. You just create a new ideal like the, like the, like like the person who tried to, to climb the corporate ladder to fe finally feel enough. You now have the, the, the ideal to always be authentic, to always live close to your heart, always do 
what's right. But you don't, you will also mess up. You will do things that are not right. You will fall down. You will be hard on yourself again to then learn again, to accept, release expectancy, appreciate yourself and forgive yourself again. This is part of the journey as well to be, to become our own loving parent. We wish we had as amazing as our parents might've been. They couldn't always be there for us because they also haven't been taught how to be with themselves. So they projected a lot onto us as well. Many things that you thought you did wrong, um, you didn't do wrong. It's just you, you, you saved it in, your, in the meaning you assigned to the situation. It was just that the person next to you didn't know how to handle that. And you were just in the moment there. And you can release that. And when you release those, this baggage and you drop that, um, the, the wings that we all have, they just are opened much more easily and we are able to fly the more we let go and embrace what is already here and already inside of us. And it's time to bring that forth. I, I appreciate that so much. And I think what I, again, what I hear more than anything else is an ability to just, or a commitment or an intention to just allow what is here. And yes, being with my yes. parents has been a huge training ground because in many ways, a lot mm -hmm. of the trauma that I experienced, you know, before I left home at 18 was in this environment, this dynamic that exists and, and to be able to sit with what is and really feel the pain and feel the excruciating terror or the, you know, these deep things that I didn't want to let myself feel when I can. And then I'm able to show up, you know, at the dinner table, it's like, I'm almost recreate. It's like, it's like, I'm almost reliving, um, in a different way. I'm able to say like, Hey, this is mm -hmm. here. And I'm not expecting them to be any different. I'm not, I'm just like, Hey, I'm bringing this to the surface and I'm sharing that like right now, this is what is here for me in this moment yeah. as this unfolds. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm constantly, I'm not trying to fix anything. I'm not trying to, I'm just letting it be. And it is, it has, it's disarming. Like, I, I don't know how else to explain it. I think that if I had tried to do it, to try and to be like, this is the way to make things better in the family system, it wouldn't have worked because I was trying to fix it right now. I have no attachment. And so I'm mm -hmm. just like, Hey, I'm bringing this element. That's real for me. Um, I don't need you to do anything with it, but I, I, I need to express that it's here and I need to honor that it's here. And it's like, it's been quite profound and it's new. And so I'm just still playing with it. But um, I, 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 beautiful. it's so simple. <laughs> But it's not because I mean, you're owning these like deep weld things. Um, yeah. Anyways, I don't know if I'm making any sense, but it's, it has been profound. No, it's completely, you, 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 you uh, nailed it exactly that because um, it's very simple, but it's not easy. <laughs> it's very simple. It's, um, yeah, the more we let go of attachments of any kind, how things should be in our mind, how we should behave, how others should treat us. Anytime we place an attach uh, a should 
should, must, have to. It's like a prison of what it, we prison, imprison ourselves in this whatever we think should be, but something else is. And hence we feel shut off from what is and we can't work with what is there. And you say it's much easier now with to work with what is there because you let go of attachments. And it's, I, I fell back into like years ago, I, I had to believe that. Oh, when, when, you, when you do this, it's like, this works most of the time. This works, da, da, da. No, 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 no. Everything, I think Zeneca said it, uh, the philosopher, beautifully that there's a space and time for everything and it all reflect, I, I, I butcher the whole thing right now. It's not a quote, but he said something around the lines of that. Everything has its own place at its own duration, with its own intensity. And you have to figure out what is appropriate. And for me, from my personal experience, the, what I found the most appropriate is, it is revealed to you, the more you let go of any attachment, and it's, it's there, it's there. You, you are literally guided by a sense, by uh, your, in, your, your intuition comes back again. You, you hear the body, the, the part of you, your higher self speak to you like, ah, oh, say that, say that. And then the, the part of the work is saying that. When you feel that, say that. If you didn't say that, a couple of seconds, say it later. Because the more you do, the more you, clo you close the gap and you return back into yourself instead of being this... this uh, uh, this this yeah this human being who who feels everywhere but is not really here because he still has or she has a lot of resistance to what happened to what is right now it's about letting go of the resistance and everything flows it's about connecting to the river of life that already it's like like the river it's in in the forest it already nurtures everything and the moment gives you everything that that you would ever need but you need to just sit there, observe it and be with it and let yourself be guided by that. And that's it actually, let go, that's yeah. the answer. And the, it's so validating. And what came up for me when you're talking, it's almost like I'm really into infinities and what it feels like is like, mm -hmm. know that the flow of the river is there, but don't be so attached to it, having to feel like the flow of the river all the time, because then you're not, you're out of it. Like, and so it's like, yeah. it's this interesting in order to actually be with the flow of the river, you've got to allow yourself to hit some rocks and like to have it not feel like flow in order to actually be yeah. in the flow, yeah. which is yeah. so like, what? Um, but that, that, and that's, and that's the emotion sometimes it's, yeah. it's, the, it's sometimes, yeah. It's sometimes it's the anger that comes up like, Oh, uh, I didn't want to feel the anger from five years ago. Okay. Here I am. Okay. I, I hit, I hit the stone. Um, well, you, you can resist it, but then you will you will stay on on the stone. You you don't flow. The river of life keeps flowing down. When will you join? When do you join the party? You are you are again at the sidewalks of life. You are waiting to join. When will you join? The, the life life is waiting for you, and you join again by going back. What is here? Okay, these sensations. Okay, just being with them, feel, allowing them to express fully in the body and feeding them fully and riding them like, like a wave, like a surfer rides a wave. So you wave the wave, ride the wave of emotion. And 
this usually, as you write it till the end, it's many times there's a, it feels like clearing inside the body and something else comes forth, like an uplifting spirit, like a, like a, like an uplifting energy. And it's a new, it's a new emotion, a new bodily sensation. And fundamentally at our core, we are already the highest vibrating being we can ever be. It's just that we close off from this energy, from this resources that are inside us. By the resistance, again, we hold it towards the, the shy part of us, the confident part of us, the angry part of us. And that includes also the emotions because emotions indicate the part of us that we suppress. And the more you reown them, the more you not only join yourself again, but you are able to join the, the flow of the river of life, which is nature. And you connect again because you are nature. You come from nature. And when you connect to yourself, connect to your nature. And that's why everything comes back to one. I just, I'm sorry. I feel like, you know how messages are supposed to like sometimes come through other people and you're like, whatever you believe. I believe <laughs> that people and things can be vehicles of messages that you're like are meant. I feel like <laughs> you in Poland are delivering me like a val like just everything that you're saying. I'm like received. Like, thank you. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, thank I you. feel humbled right now. Thank you. I was just going to say in like practice related to what you all are saying um, is just like asking for what you want in your relationships, because the more that you can do that, but let go of the, the outcome. So other people leave or you don't get the job or whatever it is <laughs> um, like that is for me, that's like how I'm trying to take this concept as a you know, something in my mind and actually experience it is just like, I'm on a date. I say what I want. Someone doesn't like it. Cool. I'm going to let it go. And I move on to the next thing. Um, so if anyone's like, okay, like I get this, I'm hearing the message. Like, what do I do with it? There's I'm sure many ways to practice, but, um, that's one of the ways that I've been playing with it. I was also going to say, Rachel, when you were sharing your original example, um, I share this as a belief I have in case anyone, oh, I'd like to say had, um, in case anyone else has a similar experience, but you're talking about just like stating what's here. Um, in the like the corporate world and the working world, I feel like there's been a belief or message that I picked up that we shouldn't bring up a problem unless we have a solution. Um, and I'm sure Rachel, you probably experienced this in our, our friendship and our working relationship where it's like, I don't somewhere along the way someone taught me that I shouldn't say something unless I had a way to solve the problem otherwise I'm just being a quote-unquote nuisance or whatever so mm -hmm. um, you don't bring it up mm -hmm. but I think it's a really beautiful practice and something I want to change in my life is yeah just stating what is here even if you don't have a solution because I think a lot of us are afraid to bring it up unless there's a way to wrap a bow around it and that's really not being authentic or in the moment either and it doesn't progress things forward if it's not spoken so i just had that unlock so i'm sharing right anyone else has it <laughs> right right and, and i'll i'll many, add many times like you also we all know it from from relationships that we were in a in a low and we just talked to somebody we didn't we didn't want somebody to solve the the, the, the situation for us we just need somebody to, to talk to 
And when you just share what's there, the answer is revealed many times to you. You already know what's coming or it's, it's coming to you. You're, you have an, there is an, you don't have to figure it out with the mind. There's an inner knowing that is, receives the message, what you need. And the only job you need to do is do that. Surrender, let go. Let go of what you thought you should do. Surrender to that and be guided by that. And the beautiful thing about the letting go and the letting go of attachment and being with what is, there is no end to it. There is no, we don't do it to find enlightenment, to reach peace and stuff. We, um, the only reason we do that is for the practice itself. The peace, the joy you experience, it's a side effect. But you don't chase it as much as you don't chase happiness. Because the more you chase happiness, it's like a butterfly. The more you chase it, the more it flies away. But once you just sit, then it can then it trusts you. It is safe around you. Then it comes to you and it comes on your shoulder and you can walk with that. And it's all about the practice. As soon as you show up with the practice, you already won. And guess what? You are living. You are alive. You already won the game of life. There's nothing you need to do to prove you already won. Now that you already won, what, you, what are you going to do with that? Do what, what is right for you. I'm so excited to edit this episode because I want to hear this all over again. <laughs> very grounded um is there anything else here that we want to share before we get into our final two questions Hmm. yeah i just want to say thank you it's very i feel very blessed to to share this moment with you and it's 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 great talking to you right now i just want to share that thank you it's mutual yeah very mutual Mm-hmm. All right. So for our final two questions, Lucas, how do you live your true oh, oh. north? <laughs> in one word. <laughs> in one word. And it doesn't I have to be to in English what... if you want to make it a word. <laughs> I'll throw that out there. If an English word doesn't fit it, throw something else on us. <laughs> there, there, there's, there's a beautiful German word, actually. Um, I wanted to say alignment, but in order to get to alignment, I need to do something else and that's let go. And so I would say let go. And the beautiful German word is Hingabe. Hingabe means actually it's like sur- it's surrender. It's to surrender. Um, what I like with Hingabe about Hingabe is that it has a pos- very positive connotations like like, like um, I surrender to that and full trust, like, yes. It's a big, it's a surrender with a full body, yes. Surrender, unfortunately, in the English language has this negative connotation, like, oh, I give up. No, 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 no. What you give up is the fighting because surrender is a very, is an active process and it's an active choice. Okay, I stop fighting and I'm here connected to this moment and I do something that comes and I, I'm very engaged in the moment. So, to live my true north, I would say it's it's the, the same concept, but it's described in three words: let go, letting go, surrender, and also hingabe. If you speak German, I got like full body chills when you said that. Oh, and then 
if people would like to get a hold of you Wow. and reach out to you, where can they do that? Yeah, um, the best way is to go on Instagram. It's at you.authentic.self, at you.authentic.self. Um, there's a website coming. I'm working on that. So, um, but for now, the best way is to, to, um, to connect by, with me via Instagram. You're always welcome to reach out. I'm very happy to hear from you guys. Thank you so much. This is Yeah. great. Hopefully when everything opens back up, we're like, we need to do a tour of all of the people because we've got a few um, in Europe and it would be so fun to come visit and see Poland and see where you live. I just invited us. <laughs> Hopefully you're cool with that. <laughs> So, sorry to interrupt. Uh, the, the whole connection was that. Can you please repeat Oh, it again? shoot. <laughs> I basically just said when everything opens back up, I just invited us to come visit you because it would be so awesome to like see Poland and meet you Please, live. please, please come to Krakow. Krakow Yes. is my beloved city. Like, like artists have been saying the, their muse was a woman and stuff many times. For me, my muse has been Krakow for Oh, over cool. a decade. I It's like, it's, it's the city I feel so most grounded, most inspired in the whole world. It's beauty. It's beauty in full expression. So please come. I'd love to show you around. Amazing. This is happening. I'm I know. just saying, So I'm pretty yeah, like I know. this So get period. ready. We're going to be like, It's, it's on. focus. <laughs> oh, I love this. Well, thank you guys I so love much. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday and evening over there. And we really do appreciate your time. This Yeah. is great. Thank you. This has been another episode of the True North Collective podcast. For more from Rachel and I, check us out on the gram at the True North Collective underscore. And make sure you're signed up for our mailing list. You can do that at thetruenorthcollective.org to stay up to date on all of our resources, tools, and upcoming events. We appreciate you being here with us. We'll see you next time.